Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody, it is 9 58 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. UFC Vegas 28 has come to an end, and it ended with a ferocious knockout by Jarzinho Rosenstrike, which is one second left in round one against Augusto Sakai. He is back on track. And we're here to react to this uh, barn burner of an event. Is that what we're going with here on this barn burner of a post-fight show here on MMAfighting.com. We are live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you for joining us. Hope you guys had a great evening thus far and uh, hope we can make it continue on in this realm. I am Mike Heck, joined by the whole crew. Got Jose Youngs in Arizona. This fight doing the damn was thing. a table. <laughs> we got Alex Kaylee. How, how would you describe this fight card, AK? It was, uh, it was 14 fights long. Uh, it had two heavyweight fights at the end of it. That's my description. That is my very accurate description of this card. You cannot you cannot dispute it. And how would you describe it? EKC line on the ones and twos. Intriguing. Intriguing. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Well, there you have it. Intriguing. It was for a little while. There were some moments where it was intriguing. There were some moments where it was uh, it was not so intriguing, but the night ended in a big way and the first round the first like four minutes and 45 seconds of Jarzinho Rosenstrike versus Augusto Sakai was pretty much what we expected and then Jarzinho just got mad and landed that one two the left hook right hand that was it Sakai went down he was bleeding and that was it Jarzinho Rosenstrike gets it done he's back on track hey sh- Jose shout what do you think th- the small cage yeah. though the guy backed up and he ran into a wall. So, yeah, small cage. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Small Cage. Mr. Small Cage. Science. Science. 
Jose, your thought, uh, your thoughts on Biggie Boy's bounce back rebound performance? Well, if we're talking about science, it's obviously the crystal brought him to victory. No, but <laughs> actually, that was, I was going to say seriously, but I was serious right there. So what am I even talking about? Anyway, uh, it went. It lasted uh, quicker than I thought. I think I picked a third round. Uh, knockout TKO whatever or some sort of stoppage just based on Augustus Kai's last fight against Overeem where he looked really good for about two three minutes and then Overeem's just veteranship just kind of took over and he pieced him up and route to uh I can't even remember what round he finished but it wasn't in the first round obviously to my recollection and then uh we've seen Jairzinho have slow starts against Overeem we saw him have a very slow fight against Cyril gone uh but then we've also seen him have these just like 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 sprint performances like he did against uh, uh, Arlovsky, JDS, uh, who's the individually knocked out in about nine seconds. I can't even, Alan Crowder, if I remember correctly. Uh, so I didn't know what to expect. I was based on Augusto Sakai's previous performances and uh, Jairzinho's uh, most recent performance against Cyril Gunn. Uh I thought it was going to be, you know, Augusto kind of blows his gas tank early and then Rosenstray kind of uh, takes advantage and finishes in the third. But, Another, I don't know, atom bomb with one second to go. I think that's kind of a specialty right now. I'm going to save uh, some some because I did Twitter reaction to the site, and I think there's a fun matchup that doesn't make sense ranking wise. But there's a certain heavyweight that had some negative things to say about Jairzinho Rosenstreich's performance. Uh, so yeah, I'll save that for fantasy matchmaking. But yeah, I awesome win for Jairzinho and. Sucks to be Augusto Sakaga and knocked dead in another country. Now you have to fly all the way back home and you're probably falling outside the top 10. I'm going to maintain a semblance of professionalism here after mm. watching the uh, the New York Islanders score their third goal. So the Bruins <laughs> are, are out of this game tonight. It is now 2-2 two to two going into game five. I'm going to forget about all Brian, that. And focus I blame on Brian Keller. I blame Brian Keller. Yeah, he's... I was going to like text him and talk a bunch of crap tonight, but I decided uh, now I'm not going to do that because it's now it's two to two uh, fun series, by the way, if you're a hockey fan, but AK, your thoughts, what did you think of Jarzinho's performance tonight? It's, it's exactly what we expected. We know, we know he's a, he's a patient guy, counter fighter. You know, the reason he lost the, the Cyril Ghosn fight is, I mean, well, there's a bunch of reasons. There's a bit of an athleticism gap. Uh, Cyril Ghosn is also a pretty, a really technical fighter. Uh, and that fight also kind of went as we expected. We were all kind of like, oh, like it's a good matchup, but it could be, you know, a bit of a staring contest, a bit of a, a spar. Uh, and that's how that turned out. This would have gone a similar way if not for that late uh that late knockout because sakai was doing the right smart thing i'm circling i'm circling i'm i'm i'm, I'm poking away with uh with leg kicks and uh, hopefully i can get him to come in and i'll counter uh and rose rose strike is similar in that sense as well he's like well i'm waiting for an opening to counter uh and he he's just found his opening first you know he found his opening first that's his gift he has that ability uh as we said earlier he, he can both finish like in the first like 10 seconds but also he he can wait for that right moment uh, as he did in this one, and as he kind of did in the Overeem fight, I know that wasn't his best. Certainly was not his best day, uh, but I, but obviously he did enough to officially get the win, um, and and really really mess up Overeem's face uh, in the last few seconds. So yeah, it's it, it, look he he is who we think he is. Should this change anyone's perception of him as far as like oh well now I really believe he can be you know he can be a um, uh, a real title contender. I I don't know. It was a good performance. I but as as a lot as we were kind of 
you know, uh, previewing the show, we're like, we don't know if this fight gets anyone on this card closer to, like, to a title shot in their division. Uh, that's probably true of, of uh, Rowan Strick as well. Casey, I feel like with Rose and Strike, like it, it's 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 interesting because it reminds me of like I'm sure you've seen the movie Happy Gilmore and Happy's playing in the tournament and on the first hole he drives the green and then he like six putts and then on the second hole he gets a hole in one on a par four and he's like wow I should just do that every time and I feel like that's what Rose and Strike did tonight like the patience and all that stuff it's like he gets it on the green and then he six putts but it ev- eventually the ball will go in the hole. And then when he's like, you know what, it's so much easier to just get the ball in the hole off the tee. He just opens up when he, like, as soon as he's ready to open up and be like, dude, I'm done with this. Like, he could just end the fight. So I find it very strange. Like, why don't you just do that the whole time? Like, I know you're a counter striker, but I feel like if he just got a little more aggressive, he would end a lot of fights very quickly. And I feel like we'd be talking about him in a different place right now. Like, do, do you feel the same way or is he doing everything right based on his experience and, and where he's going in his career at this point? He's fighting who he's 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 fighting like biggie boy fights. I mean, um, if what you're describing is a different fighter, to be honest, I mean that's just not him. He to me, he kind of just he kind of lo- just lulls you into uh, safety. Like you you just Sakai, you know, you, he starts out real tight, you know, he's throwing the leg kicks. He's really, you know, he's on edge, you know. But then by the end of the round, you know, the round's almost over. It's like okay, we're about done with this, you know. Let's go into the second round, and that's when Rosenstruck just kind of saves burst saves all that energy and just kind of has that one explosion and that's all he needs um he used uh Rosenstreet used the um used the cage well he uh backed up Sakai along that cage and when he had to get get out of the way he ran he ran into that cage it wasn't far enough away to get get around that left hook it hit him um and um it'll be I mean it'll be interesting I don't want to say it's early I know no one's saying early stoppage, but if the ref wanted to just let a couple more ground and pound shots go, what ended up one second left, who knows what happens, but it is what it is. It ended. Um, yeah, yeah, I think AK said it. I mean, that's kind of, I don't think we learned very much. That's Rosenstruck, Rosenstruck. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, wait, so he's lost to Francis in 10 seconds or whatever. And he lost a, you know, a lackluster fight against Sorogan. Um, he's still obviously a, an A-level heavyweight in the UFC. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't think we – I know we like to learn things, new things about fighters after, you know, a fight. But, yeah, I think we're kind of in the same place with him. Can I, can I say that I actually th- I think I want to say I think uh, uh, Herbin did a couple of did a good job with a couple of the stoppages today. I, well, I, I want I'm, I'm gonna you know we're, we're very quick to criticize him, and I do think he is you know I do think overall he's not a great official, but when he does well, I do think or does his job, I do think it's worth pointing out. Um, I thought the stoppage was fine. You know, it's like you have to you have to ignore, of course, how much time is left on the clock. That's yeah, not yeah. the referee's responsibility, right? So that was fine. And then I actually thought I saw him taking some flack for the uh, Fioro uh, Ricci stoppage uh maybe richie took a few more punches than she needed to but i thought i i thought the stoppage was just at the right time um he could have he could have stopped it earlier if he stopped it earlier i, I would oh, have I thought, I thought we were going too early <laughs> yeah no it's not it i think i think i saw i definitely saw people complaining because she was taking a lot of shots from from Fioro, and she already had like the size disadvantage so it was just like a bad video it just looked like she was getting beaten up so i think somebody like oh just wave it off like earlier and i, I thought that was just right so uh so two two bits of props there for for uh her being t- i thought those stops were fine 
Yeah, I had no issue with that stoppage either. Because yeah. even it was a mercy stoppage. Yeah, you know, Ricci got back. Yeah, Ricci actually like got back to her feet. She tied her up a little bit, and then as soon as like Fioro like got got loose and started throwing again, like Dean was just like, "Nope, we're done." Like I gave you a chance. Now she's starting to land again and see it. She hopped, stepped, and Herb stepped right in and stopped the fight. Richie, so Richie I was, know she was, Richie was still defending herself and throwing kicks. I mean, it was like she was throwing, she threw yeah. a kick. And I mean, I, I, I didn't like the stoppage, but I knew who was going to win the fight, so I didn't care either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was not, like, we didn't need to see any more. Like, it was just going to get worse and worse. Like, he gave her a chance to, to stay in it. As soon as she started throwing again, he stopped it. And I think that's fine. So good on him. Uh, how about Marcin Tybora, gentlemen? Five in a row. Walt Harris seemed like he got everybody fired up. Everyone's getting excited. And then Tybora takes him down and stops the fight with less than a minute to go. And Walt Harris loses again. Tybora has won five in a row. I don't think anybody's stock improved more probably in this entire night than Marcin Tybora, for being honest. Like, I think Ponzinibbio and Baeza was a tremendous fight, but in terms of, like, individual stocks rising, where it puts them in their respective divisions, I think Tybora is probably the guy, right, at this point? Like, is, is am I crazy saying that? He's top 10 now, so I don't think anyone else broke into the top 10 on this card. So, yeah, you're probably, you're probably right in terms of stock. AK shaking his head. No, I'm shaking my head just thinking like why why was again why is Harris why was he why was he ranked higher? What's his big what's his big win that put him Alexio Linick? So Alexio Linick was his big win and that put Walt Harris in the top ten? That's a bit strange. Well yeah, he had four. Linick was, was top ten at the time though. When he beat him, right? I guess that's why that's what I'm saying. It, just, was, it seems uh, so it was, long ago now. It was it was like a ten second knockout and before that he had like Oh a, he's getting it, it, yeah, a 50 second oh, knockout yeah, a over Spivak. Right, right. And then before that, that um, does, yeah. he did win a split over Andre, but I know it got overturned for overturned. Yeah. Uh, USADA. And before that, he knocked out. So he had like three or four knockouts four. and a win over Arlovsky. So yeah. I don't know well, why he was, he was ranked four, higher. Four, five, yeah. I, actually, yeah. I do know why I mean, he was ranked higher. Martin Tabar had not yeah. beaten and ranked heavyweight yet. Yeah, we, we we said this on the shows leading up, like the that uh, the, the quality competition that Debra has faced. Uh, it's not not the sexiest, not the sexiest lineup during that. Well, uh, that the, fight he's Wednesday. faced a lot of high level fighters. He just hasn't beaten mm-hmm. them. But that's not yeah. a knock on the man. He his ranking just wasn't indicative to his skill set today. Uh, he's obviously gotten better. So you know, just if they fought in two thousand nineteen, maybe Will Harris wins. <laughs> Maybe he's too polite. After he was like, he's he was. We were saying he's like, yeah, I, I I don't really think that it's 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 time for me to start talking about title shot. I'm like, oh, his, working Martin. out, oh. working out for his teammate, Jan worked out for his teammate. Jan was nice all the way to a title fight. Yeah, just, just it, him, man. Yeah, Tiber is gonna accidentally be the heavyweight champion. Just he just all of a sudden, he was like, you know, like, we don't know, man. Um, um, I don't know. I didn't take. I thought Tiber was gonna win it. Um. I, I it was just a facing Walt Harris at this point in his career and his life. I mean, I said, I, I, we think I said coming into this, the story is going to, no matter what happens in this fight, the story is still going to be Walt Harris, um, win or lose. Oh, and, there was I, on Twitter reacts, there was one tweet about Marcin Tabar, and all of the tweets were about Walt Harris winning or like supporting or, or losing. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's and that's why I don't, why Harris, I mean, for. Tabor looked 
he looked good. He, to me, he didn't look like a world beater or whatever. Like when I say world beater, like a top five heavyweight. Like I, like I think Rosenstruck um, would you know mess up Tybur pretty good actually. But um, or Ansakaya, honestly, um, I just I think Tybur is kind of like right right around there. I don't I don't I just but I just thought Wal Harris looked really bad tonight. And I know I know he looked good for about not 30 seconds or so, but that's not enough. And um, it's just to me, whatever Walt Harris indicates tonight isn't the Walt Harris that we thought was the potential title contender, you know, a year, a year and a half ago. That's just it's it's a different person for, you know, a lot of reasons. He reminds me of. Uh, Ovin St. Prue, where I think he would be really good if he went to like a really high level MMA gym. Uh, from what I like, because when he fought in Jacksonville against Overeem, we could hear his op. That was obviously one of the the first pandemic cards. We could hear his corner, and his corner was not doing him any favors. Eric Anders uh, was had the same corner, obviously, and I he would even group Eric Anders in there. Maybe they'd just be better with the change of scenery, because um, we've heard how good they are in the gym but if you're the best in the gym that's probably not how you grow as a mixed martial arts so this is just me speculating too but yeah Mo harris is also almost 500 record he's like 13 and 10 didn't he get cut from the ufc at one point and then fight his way back yeah so, uh, yeah it's, maybe he's just not he hits really hard and if you can avoid that you can beat him and that's pretty much it yeah this was the yeah, this think- was the blueprint for beating Walt Harris, like, but uh, even quicker, you know, we, we thought, oh, Tabura weathers the round in the first storm and then, you know, uh, gets a takedown in the second, either wins by a sub- submission or TKO or, or wins a decision. And it just it was that, but just so much faster. It just, it just happened so quickly. Maybe because of the small cage, Casey, maybe our, our old small cage uh, helped out with that. But the, the handling of his career, uh, you know, in the last, his last few fights has been, has been horrible. It's been horrible. Um, Obviously, you know the big, the big story surrounding uh, you know Walt over his last three fights is the the Anaya Blanchard tragedy, of course, the, the the death of his stepdaughter, and you know none of us are saying like, uh, oh, okay, well that you know that that story brought him a lot of mainstream attention and a lot of sympathy uh, and and painted him in a, you know in a sympathetic light, and uh, which in sports is something that, you know, you know, can be really good for an athlete. It's horrible that there's, that there, this happens to them. It's horrible that the story, uh, you know, has, re, has to come to light in, in this way. But for Walt, it was, it was some, uh, you know, it, it added a different context to his fight with Overeem, right? So you can't fault him for the Overeem matchup because that was, uh, that was previously booked, right? Before the, uh, uh, ahead of the Anaya Blanche thing. And of course yeah. was, was delayed because of uh, the horrible thing that happened. So no issue there. And then matching him, and if he had beaten Overeem, what a moment that would have been, right? And he almost did, right? They, we almost had like an all-time great uh, MMA sports moment, just great human story if he'd done that. But then matching him up with Volkov after it was just oh, that was worse. Stupid! I can't believe, I can't believe the UFC did that. I can't, Why? I can't, I can't believe Walt Harris's handlers or his coaches <laughs> accepted that fight. It's like, did anyone watch Volkov? His you watch? Did anyone know who Volkov was? Did they confuse him for someone else? But. That's in the past. I can't. I'm not. And, and look, we we all want to see him, Walt Harris, get a win because of this horrible thing that happened. I'm not saying that you know that the ESPN and the UFC should like exploit this story for like you know to just generate interest. But it is. It would feel so like almost cathartic for all of us to say, okay, I, we want to see something good happen for Walt Harris. It's just this horrible, horrible thing that happened to him. And then uh, yeah, it was just a matchup with these guys who are just not fair matchups. Really tough fights. Um, I'll just tell people before the show, we were, we were sort of suggesting at first, 
he needs to be matched up with a contender series guy. And then I said, not a contender series contract winner. He should go against a guy who loses on contender series. That is how how badly we need to get Walt Harrison in here. Uh, you know, just to have this, this this ray of sunshine, this brief ray of sunshine um, in the wake of all this, these bad things that have happened for him. But I don't know. Three straight losses. I don't know where they go with him for now. Maybe he doesn't want that. Like, maybe he just I wants know, to fight really high level. Fight. Of course. Of course. Of course. I'm not every, saying every that he shouldn't, but like every fighter wants yeah. that. But that's why you have coaches yeah, and managers. But like, <laughs> what if he does, matchmakers? I understand. Yeah. But I, I understand that. But I mean, to give him guys that are losing contender series, guys like what? Like he's probably still top 15 rank. He well, he's going to still be in the top 15 technically. Um, what and then he loses to one of those guys, and they never like he'd be 13 and 12 or something like that. Maybe he's just not a UFC heavyweight. Mm. But like I said, yeah, I, was, I, got, I just got, don't know what you. I don't know what you do with him at this. He point. got his. He, he got his butt kicked tonight, and we're we talked about Tabur for a little bit, but the rest of it is about Walt Harris, and that's why I felt coming to this fight. This fight is almost. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a win for Tabur, but it's not gonna move him up in terms of like, oh, he'll be like a pay per view main uh, co main event or something like that. He's not gonna be a featured fight, you know, or anything like that. He's still gonna be just I know a fight night co main event, you know, at, at best. Um, Listen, they the UFC needs to do him a favor for putting him in this spot. You won four in a row. Now we're going to hand yeah. you the like white meat baby face that everybody's rooting for. And if you beat him, like literally nothing happens. Like you may not be like booed out of the building, but no one's going to care. It's just because you're beating Walt Harris. So I think you give him and, and a little on to the next one. Spoiler, because I said it earlier, he should fight Jarzina Rosenstrike next. He deserves that. They they should give him that fight. Tabur. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, yeah, I would, I would rather awesome. watch. I, mean, I would rather watch Tybora fight Jarzinho than watch Curtis Blades fight Jarzinho. There you go. Because those are the only two fights you can make. Yeah. Nothing else makes any sense. Yeah, I like that. Jose is shaking his head. That look is just. I don't like either of those fights. Jairzinho's probably top five, so I don't know. Give him Curtis Blades. He's also top five. I know you might not like – I know it's probably not going to be a fun, exciting fight, but, like, F it. Like, Derek Lewis to captain Curtis Blades. Why can't Jairzinho Rosenstreak? And, uh, or the guy that call, kept calling out Jairzinho Rosenstreak, he's not even ranked, so if we're having him fight backwards, give him a guy that will talk all that greasiness. Ben Rothwell hates Jairzinho Rosenstreak, apparently. They don't like, they don't like each other? Ben Rothel's like another gift for Jairzinho Rosenstreak on Twitter. Like he's just like referee, give gifted him another W. I'm like, all of a sudden I want to see Ben Rothwell fight Jairzinho Rosenstreak. So hey, Martin Tabur, you're really nice. Jairzinho also doesn't really talk a lot. You're not going to sell anything. So Jairzinho, you know what? If you're gonna, if we're fantasy matchmaking and we want you to fight behind you, fight a guy with like a thousand fights that already has beef with you. That's my my pick. We're gonna have him fight back. Have him fight someone that's at least gonna drum up interest to get people to tune in. I don't mind it. Or have him fight Curtis Blades. Losing to like a top Curtis five anyway is nothing to hang your head at. Who do you want Curtis Blades to fight, Mister Heck? Nobody for a long time after that knockout loss. Ah. Oh good. come on, dude! That was brutal. That yeah. was nasty. Dude, one shot one of the worst knockouts of the year. One shot knockouts aren't as bad. Like it's those that wasn't a one shot knockout. That was not a one-shot knockout. Get- it should have been a one-shot knockout, but Derek Lewis landed a couple of pretty devastating punches after the fact. Oh, yeah. Well, once – That was once, a bad okay, knockout. If, 
Blades clears his CT scans and all that. He's cleared to go. That's four months ago. That was four months ago. We can't yeah, wait till like September, they, October yeah, to have him fight. And have, two have him fight in October. Have him fight in Madison. Yeah, Square Garden. They both have wins yeah, in Madison Gan- Square Garden. Have him fight MSG in November. Gone and Volkov are about to fight. You got Abdurahimov and Chris Dock is about to fight. So there's options for him. We just if don't need Volkov to book him a fight right now. If Volkov wins, Volkov Jairzinho would be a fun fight too. Yeah, there you go. I just don't like uh, uh, doing people favors like, hey, you fought Walt Harris. We're going to give you a huge jump up in competition. Sucks to the other guy. He's, he's got the longest Against, winning with streak. With one, ranked, one ranked heavyweight, and all of a sudden you want to throw him in with like the fourth heavyweight? Not I, my bad. He's going to be they make it fine. Dude, like he's going to be ranked two spots behind Jairzinho. On a five-fight winning streak. He's going to be the number eight ranked heavyweight in the world come Who's Tuesday. Who's fighting? Who's Shamil fighting? Chris Dawkins. Give him the winner of that. He already has a loss to Shamil. He can avenge it. And then Chris Dawkins can pick up another win over a very nice man. <laughs> I'm just saying, both these guys got first-round finishes. They could both turn around relatively quick. If you need Give to fill to a spot, the title shot, you guys in there. F it. F it. Give to you know the what? title shot. You know that's, what? That's what this, we're all beating around the bush. That's what we all want. <laughs> Lewis, you know what? Lewis, if Lewis and Ganu is not official. It's not official. It has you know what? Even, Tabura, I'll, I'll interim title. Right, Tabura, interim heavyweight title. You know what? Let's because we're giving Martin Tabura a favor. Let's just give him John Jones. Why not have John? Jo- have him introduce John Jones to heavyweight. Tabura, John Jones, interim heavyweight title. Boom. No interim. No, we're stri- no interim. Strip, we're stripping. Strip Francis, Francis giving the BMF with two belts on the line, heavyweight title and BMF. Yeah, this escalated. My turn. Hey, can we talk about Tyburn? Like, does he have the worst nickname? Versus Brock Lesnar. What's wait? What's Tyburn's nickname? Tyburn. Tyburn. That's not a nickname. Martin. Martin Tyburn Tyburn. It's perfect. I, I'm bumping him down the rankings because of his nickname, and I won in the fight for the title. It's like Smitty. It's like it's like oh, it's 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 Joe Smitty Smith. <laughs> we turn him into Mick Foley all of a sudden. Now he's like the most popular. Now we love Marcin Tybora. It's it's amazing. If were, we turn him into. If he were, <laughs> if he were in New England, you guys would. That's the nickname you guys would. That's a very New England nickname, right? You guys, hey, hey, T Bur, hey, T. Uh, that's not a very Canadian. Actually, that's a very Canadian thing. Very Canadian hockey team. I don't think anyone in. I don't think there would be a man in New England named Marcin Tibera. I'm not going to lie. If he, if he moved there, I think he'd become oh, Tibera pretty quick. Pretty, pretty quickly. Wants, t- t- I, I would rather live in Poland than like. Where does uh, Where does Gabriel Gonzaga live? Doesn't he live like in the middle of nowhere in New England? He's like in the like s- really. Like he's yeah. in Massachusetts, but like yeah, like that. the middle of nowhere. And then like uh, Glover Teixeira lives in like a real random si- place in Connecticut too. Connecticut. For whatever reason, MMA fighters move to just random cities in New England for no reason. Because you got gym space and it's probably cheaper. I don't know. They turn a lot of these warehouses into gyms. Beautiful, beautiful fall weather. Beautiful autumns. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., 
and visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Jose may know the answer to this question. I don't know if any of the other gentlemen have seen this, but we have bonuses. I saw. We have bonuses. People are going to be upset. Okay. okay. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Fight at night's easy. Fight at night's easy. Yeah. Okay. Casey, can you you guess the performance bonuses? Performance bonus has to go to Montana De La Rosa and Rosenstruck. That's the only one. You got one out of two. You got one out of two. Montana didn't win? None of the ladies won. Martin Tybora. Oh my god. Mankind, man. Cactus Jack, Dude Love. <laughs> he got the other bonus. Uh you you didn't you, you didn't say champion. <laughs> Future champion. John Jones's next <laughs> opponent got the other <laughs> bonus. All right. Yeah. I yeah, that would have been nice for Montana because that was a really I, I love what you showed. Should have it to both ladies. I, honestly, no, no. Both I, think, ladies I, think got one lady, I think one lady deserved it. I think the other lady got a. She just did what she was supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jared, yeah, th- th- this goes with Casey's like you know, uh, co- like comp- level of competition has to matter a little bit. And it's no disrespect to Rishi. I actually think Rishi, Rishi will look really good uh, when she actually goes back down to one fifteen. She's not a one twenty five. She's uh, she looked miniature. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, and credit to her. Less than a week's notice. That's just right. They had, they, they had to find a straw weight. Otherwise, there's no. There's almost. Yeah. I can't think of any flyweights that would have been able to make that on three days. So they'll give her another shot at straw weight, and then we'll see what she can do. But she she looked she looked pretty good. Actually, I mean, she looked I mean, all right. If, I guess if, much. Perot would have done that against her original opponent. Um. Uh. My what's that? Moreau. Moreau. Yeah. If she would have done that against Moreau's, yeah, of course she would have got fifty k. Oh, yeah. Or and yeah. Th- and then we'd be talking about her in a much different light. But. uh I mean, I know I'm trying to jump down the card now with Thoreau, but um, she just did what mm-hmm. she was supposed to do. I, I, mm-hmm. I didn't really take too much from it, to, to be honest. I know everyone's like, whoa, but competition. Casey's just down. Just down on men. <laughs> Poor Fiora. Yeah, but I, do, do, doing I what she have... needs to do. You know, she could have gone out there and just tried to steamroll her, but she was very calm, cool, and collected in there. Picked her shots. Was very patient. You know, that's only her second UFC fight. I know she's got a a, a, yeah, a, a we, long career was, in combat sports. That was Richie's first fight. So, I mean, she, right, she, but, she wasn't fighting. You know, she wasn't fighting a veteran. That's what I'm saying. If she wouldn't done it against Moroz, we're having, we're having we're having a much different conversation. If she if she could have done it against Moroz, but right. But this isn't like this isn't like Yusuf Salal going from like one opponent and then getting Ilya Teporia on less than a week's notice, like he did. This is like it's. it's you know, it is what it is. Like you're preparing for a certain fighter, you get a completely different fighter. Yeah, and she got, and she got, you she still got to change. She gets two up. checks, and then you know they have more highlights for. Her. And actually, from the UFC's perspective, this is awesome. Like it's because no one's gonna when they look at the highlights, no one's gonna go, "Hey, hey, that she was only a week's notice. That's not even near her weight class. We're not gonna remember that, you know." But they had the highlights for, her, and then her next fight will be against a tougher, a tougher opponent. Um, I would love her. Against, I would love to see her against uh, Lipsky, actually, but um. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think I think she deserves someone right outside that you know outside that top ten. What for? Pierre, Pierre. Oh, I know. There, there, there's only one. There's only one opponent for her. There's only one one fight to make and one fight only. And I will tell you tomorrow and on to the next one. because oh, that's my wild card. That's my wild card pick. And it's a doozy. Strikers, because we haven't gotten to just strike. So, but. And if AK really thinks about it, there's one fighter on this roster that I have 
had a, this kind of relationship with in terms of matchmaking? Oh, you already know who it is. Yes, <laughs> you know who it is. I don't, I'm not you gonna say it. it. I'm not, I'll say, again, I'll say I'll guess it on tomorrow's show. Remind me to guess it. You know it is. You are. You yeah. definitely know who it is. I think so. But uh, but yeah, Della Rosa. Uh, I, I would have been fine with her getting the other bonus over um, over Tabora. I, I love I love Tabora. But uh, sure. again, I, I think. The, her first ever knockout that's pretty cool yeah. and just the, the aggression and killer instinct she showed on the ground today oh that was so was that was great. fun to that watch was a great performance yeah i thought lipsky so was I gonna win. and I, I was like really impressed by Rosa. i kind of gave up on great. her to be honest but uh, as far as like um a top contender at flyweight i'm not saying mm-hmm. she is a top contender but what she showed tonight can make me believe that though she has time she's young she's young yeah. she, what is she like 20 26 26 yeah she's young because I believe we talked about the line, and a lot of people commented on the line. Minus two sixty was the line on Montana Montana De La Rosa heading in that fight. A lot of people thought that was too wide. I thought I, did I thought Montana too, yeah. was going to put her away quick, or either at second. I thought Montana was going to finish her. I thought she was going to submit her. I didn't think she'd TKO her. Her striking's gotten way better that's since going it, out to elevation. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's, I was like that. That was an improved version of her tonight. I thought we were going to see an improved, an improved version of Lipsky, her with her being at ATT. Um, maybe it's not enough time right now. Um, I still, I still have faith in um, Lipsky. I think I think she's a very um, marketable fighter and really good. But uh, yeah, De La Rosa uh, surprised me tonight, and uh, I'm, I, I, I like being surprised. <laughs> yeah, she needs episode. to either she needs to be like either the Duchess of Violence or like the new <laughs> Queen of Violence after that performance. Like that first elbow she landed. That was nasty. Busted her right open. Mm-hmm. Good performance, man. She looked real good. She deserved a bonus tonight. She got the big fat hose job, as we like mm-hmm. to say on the on this program. But I, I would be uh, before we go to the peeps. I would. Uh, we have to talk about the fight of this night: Miguel Baez versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. Good God Almighty, that was so much fun to watch. Unfortunately, the middleweights had to follow it, and it was kind of like. <laughs> Chris Jericho and Triple H trying to follow The Rock versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. Like, it's just, it just doesn't matter you know what, who, what fight it you is. What, you know what that was? That was Henry Cejudo and Sergio Pettis following Justin Gaethje and Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, it gets, that, that's a that, that's probably a better example. And then Nothing immediately after, Alistair Overeem got his head decapitated. <laughs> that's why no one remembers Cejudo, Sergio Pettis. That's right. There's nothing that you could have done, but that fight was not good. But let's talk about I mean Ponzi W bias, it was awesome. First of all, AK, did you agree with the judges? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had last two rounds for Baeza. Oh, sorry, for Ponzi W, excuse me. So uh no issue there. This holding definitely lived up to what I remember uh on the one of the either the QA or the preview show, someone was kind of asking, like, what's a let's what's a deep cut for like fight of the night? And we all think really hard because all of us were just like, it's gonna be Ponzinibbio and Baeza. Like we can we can give you other answers, but we're really just doing it for the sake of the show. Like none of us really. I think I I think I might have even said. I'm sure it's on record. I might have said Delitze and Staropoli. I don't know something, or maybe I said Rodriguez <laughs> Todorovic. Either way, whatever whichever one I picked, it wasn't close to anywhere near what uh, Ponzinibbio and uh, Baeza delivered. It was just it's it's. It, I love this fight. I think some people are already kind of um, saying asking like, oh, were we just caught up in the moment? Like when we were kind of looking at it as. A potential fight of the year candidate we'll see obviously we'll see six months from now is it still does it make the top five i don't know maybe it doesn't make the top five but is it in the talks for the top five easily it has everything you want it, it had great action it had a story you know it was like after the first like five minutes people were like yo pons nebio 
he doesn't look good. Those those leg kicks, he's done. He's done. Those calf kicks, he's done. Um, but you could see him really like not panicking. He wasn't panicked. He was slipping only because all those damn ads on yeah. the mat. Um, and then and he was finding kicks. his range. He, he, he was losing. Yeah, he just didn't have the, sure. the the muscles on his feet were just all yeah. messed up. Yeah. But he he, he adjusted. He kind of tightened tightened up his stance and everything. Whatever he had to do just to, so he could still be effective on the feet. And he really just started cranking up the pressure. And he did it against a guy who he knows is less experienced than him, who hasn't been in the wars that he's been in. That's how a veteran wins a fight. Beza, as far as I think, Beza is the more skilled fighter. I think Bezos is a more skilled fighter. This is where experience and, and toughness and everything that uh, Ponzinibbio has been through comes into play. And I and I loved uh, that he, he he did not accept that he's down around like oh well I'm just I'm just outclassed tonight. He's like nope I'm the better I, I think I'm the better fighter I'm coming back. And uh, Bezos was right there with him just didn't have that didn't have that extra gear tonight and that's fine. It's, it, it's he used nothing wrong. He fought an amazing fight and Ponzinibbio was just better. This will be a very pivotal night in the career of Miguel Baeza. Like. However, he responds to this will probably identify like write most of his career. Like if he bounces back with a win, you're just like, oh boy, like that was a learning experience. He took everything from that and he grew from it. And I feel like I feel like he will. Like I don't feel like his stock drops at all. And Jose, I want to get your thoughts on the fight. I tweeted out this was very Josh Emmett versus Shane Burgo-esque. Like this is a three-round fight that when we Will we run down like our year end list? Like this will be on the list. Like this probably won't win, but you had to put like, we knew Josh Emmett versus Shane Burgos wasn't going to win, but we knew it had to be on that list. I feel like this fight kind of is right around the same level. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, after this fight ended, I was like, God damn it. I wish there were two more rounds. Imagine five <laughs> rounds of that, of those two men throwing down. Oh, uh, sure maybe Miguel Baeza wins just based on youth. Maybe his body doesn't just fall apart. Uh, uh, after in the, in the final two rounds, and Santiago's does, but yeah, the, the, the it's rare when a fight that we all kind of earmark is like they're a people's main event and lives up to it. And they did this blew at all expectations out of the water. I think uh, I actually picked. I didn't pick this for a fight of the night. I thought the winner of this would get a performance bonus. Uh, I thought someone was going to get stopped in this fight, uh, and maybe it would have been a double bonus at best. But one of the better fights. Uh, we've seen in a long time in terms of competitiveness because like we we the the fights between like uh like Jiri and Dom Reyes or like Holloway Cater, uh even like Oliveira, uh Chandler, uh Barbosa, Burgos, these are the ones that are just like off the top of my head for like possible fight of the like the fight of the years type stuff. Even Poirier and McGregor for as long as it lasted, those had finishes. Uh it didn't really reach the end. Uh this kind of reminds me of the um he just fought on this card. Uh Davis um Mason, Mason Jones. Jones, like that Jones. fight card, like, like the previews, oh, the yeah. preview shows and the Q and A's for that. We were like, there's no possible way this fight isn't at least fun. Might not win fight of the night, but it's going to be an epic fight. And we kind of earmarked that it reminds me of that too. Like just a three round fight where they're just beating the soul out of each other. And then they just, they both leave uh, a member, like their entire bodies in the octagon and they go fit home $50,000 richer. So it kind of reminds me of that as opposed to the others because of levels of competition and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, fantastic fight blew all expectations out of the water and i can't wait for either man to return to the octagon and fight whoever uh because that was a high action fight all around yeah there's been some really good three-round fights this year some really yeah. fun ones what did you think of it casey as uh as an astute martial artist yourself what did you think of uh of these performances by both of these gentlemen 
Yeah, it just rolled. Like you said, um, that uh, OAK said, um, it kind of had the. Well, I think, you know, why why we see a lot of kind of in boxing and, and films and everything is because in boxing, since the fight's longer, the fights tend to have more of a story. You know, it's not, you know, not, you know, you have up and down, you know, you can kind of give rounds away to come back later. And this fight, in, but MMA, we had that today. I mean, after the first round, I'm like going, dang, Baeza, he's going to be a champ you know, in a year. Holy moly. I guess, I mean, I was thinking Ponzini was done. You know, I guess, well, you know. He had a good run, but I don't think we're going to see him, you know, in the rankings, you know, very much longer. Then, you know, I go get a soda, come back. I'm like, holy crap, you know, Ponzinibbio's got it. You know, he's coming back and like more than maybe more than any other combat sport, you know, experience and just being freaking tough counts for so much more. And that's what Ponzinibbio had in this fight over Baeza. Um, He just I'm not saying Baeza doesn't have the toughness, but. He just couldn't find it, I guess. And and um, Ponzinibbio just he had it, he wanted it, he needed that win. Um, it was just it was a great. It, it, if I had a story, I love prospects versus vet fights. Uh, perfect placement on the card, and um, yeah, great fight. Um, well, one fight of the year, but you know, definitely when you have those little honorable mention, you know, paragraphs at the very the bottom of the you know article, this fight would definitely be one of those. The numbers were pretty wild in this fight. First round, um, significant strikes total, by the way. Santiago Ponzinibbio outlanded Miguel Baeza 121 to 104. So very, very close. Uh, Round one, Baeza 39 to 15. Most of those are the nasty leg kicks that he landed. And then Ponzinibbio just got pissed. Round two, 47, 27 pounds in every round three, 59 to 38 was the third round in terms of significant strikes. Wild fight, man. So good. He landed almost 60 significant strikes in that last round. He landed 53% of his strikes. He's 59 of 111 in round three. Do leg strikes count as significant strikes? I'm not even. Do they? Yeah. It depends. Yeah, yeah. It depends. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. I hope. I hope they count. I hope they count. That's all I'm saying. Um, you know how many leg kicks? I don't know how many leg kicks Miguel Baeza landed in that fight. What? Take a guess. Landed. Um, at least, at least twenty-five, right? AK, you got a guess? Uh, I mean, that was gonna be my number, but I'll go. I'll go higher because uh, I'll say. I'll say thirty-five. Jose. <laughs> one. One million. I'm 43 <laughs> prime numbers. 44. Dang. 44 of 49 leg kicks. Dang it. I missed That's one. I was keeping track. That's a lot. Your counter dude. was off, Jose. Your counter was off. That's a lot. That's what he landed. Ponzinibbio landed some good ones too. Mm-hmm. He landed 11 of them, but all of those counted. Those were all brutal. Yeah, Deep I, this and nasty. Is this will make Miguel Baeza better. This will be a fight when Miguel Baeza now goes yeah. on like a five or six fight win streak. We're gonna we're gonna look back and be like, what was his last loss? Gonna be like, oh yeah, 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 that fight with Ponzinibbio. No, like, I hope he doesn't uh, get a massive step up in competition again. With uh, all of a sudden he's the Edmund of the welterweight division, where he was kind of earmarked as his title laterally instead of yeah. Yeah, so all of a sudden he's 0-2 against like high level welterweights, and we're like, oh, was he even good? Which clearly the answer is yes, but. I would like him more, you know. You you guys know what I'm saying. I don't want yeah. him to go 0 2. Yeah, yeah. And, and dude, yeah. There's there's no. Sh- I think there's no shortage of water weights that Baeza could could face. Who's you know? a, oh man? 
I had someone that I wanted to watch. Same fight. I can't remember who. Such as him life. and Con- him and Condo would have been really fun. Yeah. But then like there's the other part of me that's like, I don't want to see Condo fight a guy like Miguel Baeza, but now he's fighting Max Griffin, so all bets are off at this point. Because Max is an animal too. That fight could have been just as good. I mean, like I said, Condit's got that toughness and that experience too, which which what which is what I think why Ponzinibbio won this fight. And um, but either way, um, but Baeza, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, exi- I'm, exi- I'm excited to see both gentlemen how fight about, again. How about um, Alex Morono for Baeza? That's just you know what? That's actually a, that's they're a like in, good in, fight. The, that's in, the, in my internal rankings. They're probably right there. Morono's, uh, I don't would I wouldn't say he's as violent a fighter as Ponzinibbio, but he's still like a high level fighter. He's coming off the biggest win of his career, so I think that'd just be a fun fight. Nico, I though, think that's who's perfect. Nico Price, who's Nico Price fighting? Isn't Price fighting Michelle someone else? Tim Means, Miguel <laughs> Baez, Tim Means, that'd be a scrap too. Tim Means, Means is fight. fighting somebody. Who is he fighting? I don't know. Yeah, Means has a fight. I think Baez, uh, can't really screw up the booking. Cowboy Oliveira, that'd be a fun fight too. I like Cowboy Oliveira. Like yeah. Oh, Danny Roberts fighting Danny Roberts, dude. Give him the winner of that, mm. or awesome. the loser. Awesome. Give him either one. Give him both. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Baez can fight anybody, and I will yeah. watch and I will enjoy. It'll What's be fun. What's Nelson doing these days? Throw him in there with the King of Kung Fu. That's always fun. Yeah, that'd but, be know, a fun but, time. but look at this. You know, we're ta- we're more interested in seeing Baeza Baeza in his next fight. Than see- we're, we're talking more about the guy that well, lost and the guy that won. Harder, I, think that, I, I think I think that's really. Interesting, I think it's hard you know? to fantasy match make. I think it's more interesting to fantasy match make losers because winners. I, I agree. Off, yeah, you know. So like Santiago, uh, like if Bilal Muhammad wins, that'd be a fun fight because Damian Maya is retiring. Um, hmm, nah, who's doing Neil Magny? A- Neil Magny. He already beat Neil Magny. Maybe the winner of Brady and Kevin Lee, because that they would be ranked. That'd be a fun fight. It's tough. It's tough, man. It's tough because he's knocked down Neil Magny, but then he got knocked out by Lee Jin Leong, and then Neil Magny pieced up Lee Jin Leong. <laughs> There's like this triangle where they all just beat each other. Yeah, it screws up the MMA math. Yeah, and, and it then was like Tyron Woodley, it was perfect. Yeah, Tyron Woodley, has gone. Roy McDonald's not in the UFC. Uh, Vicente Luque is probably gonna have to fight way up. You know who he should have fought because they have beef before he dropped back down. RDA, him and RDA do not like each other. Hmm. That's like a if you ask Guillerme, that's a lost fight for like the Brazilian Argentina scene, MMA yeah. scene that they hate each other. Really? I didn't know that was a rivalry. I thought that was discussed. It was. Ask Guillerme. If Guillerme's on the A side or anything like that, ask him. He's just like, oh, why hasn't that fight happened? He's been calling for that fight forever. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what about – we have to do it because it is tradition at some point to mention this person's name. At least it was last year. Every show we had to mention this person's name. Don't do it. Don't do it. You don't have to do it. If they don't (laughs) do Magni versus Shemaev, why not Ponzinibbio versus Shemaev? Cool. Love it. Awesome. That's Ponzinibbio great. I feel like Mag- that's, that makes so much sense. Ponzinibbio will beat Magni if Magni's already if matched up with someone else. F it. Dude. Or he was uh, – Santiago Ponzinibbio was supposed to fight Robbie Lawler before they both had health issues. That's yeah, right. I, I still want to watch that fight even though Robbie Lawler's not ranked. You see? Jeff, is Jeff Walter Neal, Wade's great. Is Jeff Neal 
versus he's right, out for he's he's taking time off. He'll be out for a while. He's gonna be out for a while. Yeah, okay, cool. blood, blood infection. Yeah, blood infection. We'll let him we'll let him rest up for yeah, yeah. another few months. Yes. Before we start throwing right, his let's name go to out the, there. Shall we shall, shall we go to the peeps? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, let's go to the peeps for a few moments. I always have the last question at. All right, here we got. Let me see. I guess the king of kung fu is the winner of nicknames since he got the win today. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, thoughts on Montana De La Rosa's win? To me, she's an underappreciated yeah. fighter. Her groundwork today against Ariane Lipsky was great. Yeah, she looked awesome. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, so we spoke about it before yeah. a bit. Uh, yeah, she showed, she showed only- aggression and yeah. The only knock I have on Montana De La Rosa, and I think she's an awesome fighter, um, is she's beat. Like I think it's what Casey said with like when man and uh, when man and one, she beats the the women that I think we all kind of assume she's going to beat, in the way she's going to beat them. Uh, the list, this Lipsky win, I think was the first one I was like really torn between yeah. her, Montana and Ariana, but like she's lost to Vivian Arujo, who's phenomenal, Andrea Lee, phenomenal, and then she's beaten Rachel Ostovich. And Nadia Kazem by submission. And I don't have anything against either women, but there's a reason they're not in the UFC right now. I think Rachel Ostovich was under 500 when she was released. And uh, Nadia's last two losses weren't the best showing. Uh, if you, you know, remember, she got kind of, she did the fake glove touch and then got dropped immediately and kind of forgot how to punch. And then uh, Mara Romero Barella. I think a lot of people kind of they're like there's should there's better women outside the UFC that should be in the UFC. So uh, it's kind of like the Marcin Tabora uh, thing I was saying, where she's being all the pe- people that she should be, and she's lost to like the big steps up in competition. This Lipsky win was awesome, and I think it's the first time I was like torn between the two opponents. And Montana surprised me for sure. Also, yeah. I fell into the trap of reading Guillerme's interview with uh, Lipsky <laughs> before, and she talked a big. She, she talked up her wrestling and grappling a lot, so I was like, "Oh, it's a new Ariana Lipsky," and then just got stopped for the second fight in a row. Well, I just thought her training with you no know, one of the best camps in the world, and specifically and women, for, yeah. for for women MMA. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, I've, I've seen those photos of her with uh, yeah. all the other. I can't name all, but all high level 
uh, women, 35 to 15 or so. I was like, okay, she has a great camper on her. So uh, I was I was surprised. I was surprised. Maybe it's, maybe it's not long enough. I think they didn't uh, Johnny Walker train a TriStar for a bit and then got stopped in his first fight with TriStar. And then he was like, it just wasn't there long enough. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens sometimes. You know, uh, you know, I mean, even, the benefit it, it, of, ahead, even in the Arujo loss, like you saw the improvements on the feet just from like oh, the yeah. short time she spent there. Well, like, that's what I'm saying. Like she's beating staying everyone on your feet with Arujo is not a good idea. Exactly. But at least, at least she, yeah. you know, showed some. She showed something. She did better than a lot of other women would have done. For sure. Great fighter. You know, you also know who really benefited other- from uh, a change of camps today that was on this card was Mason Jones. The uh, his move to alpha male because they were talking a lot about like oh he's, you know he needs to beef up his wrestling I, I think Michael Bissing was joking about to him being from Wales and like <laughs> I can't believe he would move from Wales to to live in California or something so he's taking a little shot at the Welsh people but or not the Welsh people but the the climate in Wales um, and uh, but yeah you saw it's unfortunate that Mason Jones's fight ended you know with an eye poke because um, oh, he was he was really showing. Oh, was there a question that was there a question uh, that was going to load that, that up, Casey? Let's, let's let's talk about that eye poke. Was that a okay. fight ender? I think uh, we all are in agreement on that. But uh, still, yeah, I knew, I mean, no what one else can... could he have done? Yeah, <laughs> that fight wasn't going well for yeah, him. I, and no. yeah, I know. I, I'm just, just, like, <laughs> just like, you know what? If I'm only getting half my paycheck, son, you're only getting half your paycheck. Like, yep. Yeah, just, this is. I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm doing Dana White a favor here. Sorry, Mason. Um, but uh, and Mason was super polite about it after, except for I think he he didn't want to touch gloves after. I think he was a little annoyed that Pat, uh, Alan Patrick couldn't continue. But uh, when the referee was talking to him, he was very like polite. He was like, "Yeah, he's like, it's my it's my fault." He's like, "My he's like my fault. It wasn't intentional, but I know that uh, I should have I shouldn't have I, I shouldn't have had my finger probably, out there." That, that, so he probably has shown his voice in the back of his head. Yeah, from telling him to calm down from Fight Island. But he looked he looked great tonight. Yeah. He looked great tonight. He looked he was he was putting it all together. He was on his way to either he was probably a TKO Alan Patrick or or I get a very one sided decision win. Um oddly and he's Owen Owen one with a no contest. So uh wins in his first two appearances. I think Mason Jones is gonna be a really good fighter in the UFC. Um this is just kind of a weird uh, rocky start to his to his UFC career. But um but yeah, he looked great. And I think that that going to team alpha male huge huge like it really paid off it's just only a matter of time before he starts looking for the guillotine immediately <laughs> yes yeah. jump the gilly wait let's talk about the biggest the biggest part the biggest uh the best part of the night right here i love that too <laughs> yeah like I mean, the main card we, we'd only be like one fight into we're only gonna be one fight into the main card next saturday at this it's point. Still and there's outside. three still five round fights now. And there's oh, three five-round fights in Glendale. Let's not forget that. <laughs> so we'll see you at 3.30 a.m. Eastern next Saturday <laughs> for the post-fight show because you still got the press conferences as well to oh, get to. I can't wait. If only Delete Saints have... Staropoli had, had gotten the had gotten the five-round treatment as well, eh? Gosh, it's not have... fair. Why, why did what? We're going to have the main and co-main and Diaz-Leon, probably the winners and losers, plus Dana White. So we're going to have, what, seven – Press conference is coming at most. It's going to be a time. 
All right. Speak, speaking of, since oh. part of tonight's festivities, uh, all right, we'll answer this. Yeah. I picked Tybor up, but felt really bad for Harris. Do you think he'll get cut from this or maybe one or two mm-hmm. more losses or not anytime soon? I think his next fight will be, depending who the opponent is, if they give him someone outside the top 20, 25. Um, if he loses that fight, then we're talking release possibility. If they give him a, like another top 15, top top 10 opponent which they shouldn't but if he loses against someone like that level i think i think they'll have a little more uh, rope but um it's not looking good for mr harris mr harris in his career right now in the ufc it's very desperate times coming up yeah uh heavyweights have a longer leash it's not a very deep division uh those who are on the lower end usually are not very good so you and walt harris beyond his storyline, he brings a certain level of excitement to his fights. He's exactly the kind of heavyweight that Dana White and the matchmakers always talk about, where it's like one shot, like this guy's always one one flurry away from beating anyone. We saw some of that tonight. We, he definitely had his moments of, uh, of, of uh, he hit a wild, like falling back fist on Tabor. Awesome. And it landed, it landed like sh- with shocking accuracy. I don't know if that's luck. I don't know if it's just his, his how skilled he is. It really did land hard though. You, you saw Tabor, it was kind of like, oh, like wow that really like rattled me um and then he kind of he, he got his defenses up but uh that's the kind of excitement walt harris brings so he'll have a longer leash uh one because of heavyweight two his fights are usually exciting so yeah i think he can lose four straight maybe even five straight it does depend who it is who, who he loses to because our loss i think at one point was what winless in five fights i believe and still i think still got another chance he is our lofsky but i mean he's, but he's got a name but I think walt knockout losses too I think Arlovski was losing yeah. a bunch of this lesser decisions, which I don't know if uh, makes a better word. Almost worse. Yeah, that's right. Almost worse. I don't right? know, but I guess losing in exciting fashion is keeps you around longer. I don't know. I also think shield. Andre Arlovski is one of those guys that will just be like, he'll just answer the phone and be like, yep, I'll fight whoever. So, hey, you know, you send you, me yeah, the check. I'll show up. Andre Arlovski is – an expensive fighter. Yeah, he has yeah, a big, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he is a prize he's fighter. Not, yeah, he knows. Look, yeah. They, he, they keep him. His managers are good on him. He's raising the average salary, right? The UFC can point to like, what do you mean? Our average salary is this high because they have guys like Arlovski. We were in. We were in. I don't know if I told this on this show. When we were in Jacksonville, uh, we would see Andre Arlovski just bopping around everywhere, and I've never seen a man. Because I, I don't even know if he had fought yet or if he was coming off his – had he – no, he hadn't, he hadn't won yet. Had he? I don't remember. Because uh, he won his last fight, right, if I remember correctly? Bozer, right? Against yeah. Chase Sherman. Oh, Chase Sherman. Uh, yeah. So I can't remember if he had fought or not yet. But so he, I have never seen a man smiling so much. And just for whatever reason, Andre Lossley just had a smile on his face the entire week. And we saw him everywhere. He wasn't even doing anything. He was just hanging out. <laughs> he also the other thing that keeps Arlovski relevant is he'll always be former UFC champ former UFC heavyweight champion on Arlovski that's like that's something that you can always put on on like whatever the advertising or any matchup you know I, I, I get every time I have to write an Arlovski fight I always I always mention it I always throw it in and, there even though it was, it was like a lifetime ago like a different era but he lost to five like being, people yes at one point he lost to Stipe former champ Overeem, like former multiple champs inside of the UFC. Josh Barnett, mm-hmm. former champ. Francis Ngannou, current champ. And most importantly, fought to a decision against future champion Marcin Tybar. <laughs> oh, yes. There, there it is. That was there, a good there, loss. Right. 
But at what point? At what point do champions like do they reach that status where it's like an Academy Award winner who's like won a long time ago? We just don't mention like Academy Award winner Cuba Gooding Jr. in Snow Dogs Four. It's like at what point are you not allowed to use it? Never. Academy Never. Award winner. Academy Award winner Kim Basinger. You know what I mean? It's like Never. at some point the statute. <laughs> The statute of limit. I got a lot of these guys. <laughs> the statute of limitations has to run out. I feel like on these. Never. Awards, but no, of course. no, man. You can't not, take awards away. They're there. Not in the fight game. Not in the fight game. Andre Olowski lost like, brain cells to win that. You can keep that forever. It's true. It's the fight game. It's the fight game. <laughs> Sharon right. Stone. Kim, I got a Kim Basinger reference in the show today. Oh, tremendous! Yeah, mark down the bingo card. Cool. <laughs> uh, oh God. Um, Wal Harris is also 37, and I think he provides value to the UFC, not just with his fighting. He's very good as an analyst. I'm glad they gave him a shot good. in 2020, and I hope he gets more chances to be on the desk this year. He was really he good was great. It. He was great for that spell of time when he was always the f- guest fighter in the back. Like they awesome before the pandemic. He was real. He was great back there. He was the guest He's fighter a good in Boston, dude. right? Uh, yeah, he was one of them. But then, like a week later, tragedy struck. So that kind of overshadowed yeah. that whole video. Yeah. Mm. Um, we didn't talk about this real quick. Um, focus on the first part of this comment, not the second part, because I know Brad Okamoto tweeted that Tom Breeze had suffered panic attacks before. Do we think it's that, or is it a timing issue? Montana De La Rosa versus Ariana Lipsky was bumped to the main card. Um, well, that's why it was bumped. I have no idea. I mean, do, yeah, is that, I mean is that, the, was that the story? Yeah, I, I didn't see it. I didn't see they, that. They, they, Tom Breeze just pulled out for medical reasons, but they didn't say why. I didn't say why. It definitely was not. Yeah, it definitely was not a timing issue. Uh, no, I, I yeah, was hoping that I was hoping that a fight would get bumped to the post. Let we have a Bellator esque post slim. Uh, before I realized it's all it's all, it's all on ESPN Plus, yeah, so it doesn't matter. The no, doesn't, no. main card prelim doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, no, we can't we, we can't speculate on that. A medical issue could mean a variety of things. Yes, uh, I mean yes, it, it's it's certainly worth mentioning that he has uh, withdrawn from previous fights for those reasons. But tonight, again, literally could be anything. He's pretty open about these things. I think if if it is related to that, we'll find out within by the end of this week. Otherwise, if we and if we don't, it's none of our business. Uh, I'm, I'm you know whatever. Hopefully he's all right. Well, and, uh, it sucks. Business I was looking forward to that fight too. His opponent's business, and that's I don't I mean I know. Oh. I know who I don't know who is fighting tonight to be honest. Antonio Hoyo. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know very much about that gentleman, but that freaking sucks for him. Mm. So uh, I hope. Yeah, I mean, we gotta remember these he are. Was in a, yeah, he's in a do or die fight too. He need, if he lost, he was probably cut. Um, uh, is he paid? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how this works. I mean, I'm sure he got paid. I don't know you. Who knows? I'm sure he got paid yep. for this. Yeah. I hope so. it depends on the situation. Otherwise. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, I want to get your take on this, gentlemen, because we're we're officially on the road to UFC 263, and a big part of the broadcast tonight that got a lot of attention was an interview that Michael Bisbing did with Israel Adesanya and Marvin Vittori. And Marvin Vittori, God bless him, in his style, he looked like my grandmother's love seat with that outfit he was wearing i mean just so colorful like it just matched from top to bottom the guy just crushed it it. the style was way better than the back and forth between those two guys at least in my mind it didn't sell me on the fight anymore and like with those two guys like i didn't think it like 
I think everything Vittori said over the last like year sold the fight enough. Like I didn't need to see that. You know what I mean? That's just me. Sometimes it's fun. Dude. This one didn't really work for me. So on a scale of one to ten, Casey Lydon, what would you rate that back and forth, that interview between those two gentlemen and Michael Bisping? Uh, one to ten, um, I give it a solid seven. I mostly for Izzy's and Izzy's part because yeah, I saw. I don't know. I mean, my 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 impression like there was something in Izzy's eyes or like 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 you're not like you must <laughs> like like you you really like just, just like he was just almost flustered. I can't believe you're saying these things. Just I remember even oh man, I, I'm when we talk about this fight later this week, you know, in our preview shows and all that stuff. I'm gonna pull some clips I already pulled um, from our previous uh, Vittori post shows, and after uh, Vittori beat Holland. I was like, man, there is no way he's going to title fight in that performance. But then I was like, I don't know. He talks a lot of crap, so maybe the UFC will do it. I don't know. Timing is everything. And then this reminded me of why, he's in, why, he's, why he has his title shot because he just says things. Just like, I won that fight. I was like, no, you didn't, man. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> rewatch it. Like, it wasn't that close a fight. You, you, held, you held Izzy for a little bit. He got beat up for mostly. And Izzy, we know Izzy is much better than that Izzy that fought a few years back against Vittori. Um I'm I'm more hyped about it. I, I I enjoyed seeing that mean Izzy, that kind of that I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it. I, I don't remember him Izzy really coming out and saying stuff like that about other fighters. Like I'm gonna finish you. Like I will hurt you bad, man. You know. So I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed Bronson. Yeah, the Bronson's the only one. Yeah, but but there was a more Costa, of a com- yeah, it was yeah, almost yeah. more of a comical thing. Like whatever, you know, yeah. my you and your skinny legs and stuff, you know. Uh, he was yeah. getting real. If you watch the press conference with there this, reminded no, there me there was no uh, humor with Izzy to me. In this one, it was just like no, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like the well, thing maybe it's because of, it's, just, yeah. it's also his first fight coming off a loss, so maybe it's just a different approach to Izzy. Like he just wants to f this dude up. Yeah. Um, it remind if you watch the on sale ticket press conference with Izzy and Whitaker, but it was in Australia. It was in Melbourne, uh, so like it was like both the New Zealand and uh, Australian crowd was there. And that was the press conference. I don't know if you saw it. They didn't do a lot of hype around it for like USC.com. It was, it was one of those press conferences for the people there. Uh, Robert Whitaker fan brought a megaphone to the press conference so he could yell at Izzy, even though he, in case he couldn't get to the mic. And it was fantastic. And that Izzy was the Izzy that was talking with Marv Vittori. Like he was getting mad. Uh, so it's, it was, I liked the, I liked the back and forth though. Cause uh, anytime you get two individuals and it's like, like Marvin English is clearly not his first language. So he's just saying things that he's heard a lot and we find them funny. And it's like, you're yelling, like, I'm not comparing Marvin Vittori to a child, but it's like when a kid only knows like five insults and you come, come at him with this like perfect, like exchange. And he just goes, yo, you're dumb. And you're just like, I don't know what to say to that man. And then you just, and then you just like respond intelligent, intelligently. He goes, yeah, well, you're stupid. And it's like, okay, I feel like I'm just yelling at a wall right now. I feel like that's what Izzy was doing. Uh, I loved everything about it. It just, it was fun. And like the best part was when Marvin's like, I know I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take you like, and then I'm just going to hold you on the canvas. Like he was just laughing about it. He goes, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm just like, it's not going to happen, yeah. but I'm, I love how confident you are about it. Yeah, yeah, I love how confident you are about it's it. It's cute. I think it's cute. <laughs> no. And then Izzy's like, and then he's like, Izzy, how are you gonna win? And then he just goes, and then you just hear Marvin go, he doesn't even know. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know how I you're gonna it. beat me. How are you gonna beat me if you don't even know? 
It's destiny. It's destiny. That's what he kept saying. I'm like, you. I don't think you know how destiny works, my man. Well, whatever. I'm hyped for the fight. It did not. I mean, I was hyped for the fight anyway. I guess because it's an Izzy fight, um, and, and because the natural, the, like the very real beef between him and Vittori, which is why I, I, I did not particularly enjoy this segment. So I'll be on the, I'll be all the, all the way on the other side of it from you guys. Yeah, I did not enjoy the segment. I, I thought it was um, not uncomfortable. But I just didn't feel like it sold the fight very well. But it's hard to gauge. So here's what I was thinking while you guys were just talking there was it's hard to gauge the effectiveness because if you're trying to say, OK, well, would, would, would it make someone um, who's like maybe not a hardcore UFC fan or who's not, um, you know, who, who maybe maybe isn't isn't super familiar with either guy for whatever reason, uh, would it make them want to buy the fight, you know, purchase this pay-per-view? Uh, but then I realized this, first of all, it, it was airing on an ESPN Plus show. Uh, on a card headlined by Jair Zinjar, Rodenstruck, and Augusto Sakai. So are those people even watching? Um, it is on YouTube. It is on social media. But again, is this the sort of thing that someone is going to go out of their way? Like, to, to, I'm talking about the promo specifically, to watch it. So it's almost not, like, it's almost not for bringing in a more casual audience. But but that is the way I was looking at it. Um, so maybe unfairly. But I do think, I do think it's not something that would that would really appeal to anyone who wasn't already planning to watch these guys fight. So that's my, my issue. Maybe from an entertainment standpoint, it was okay. Um, though it didn't, again, it didn't do much for me in that regard either, but from a selling a fight standpoint, I thought it was just like completely ineffective. I thought it just comes off as a little <laughs> bit awkward. Um, but look, I'm, I'm on record as saying I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of, um, uh, uh, Israel Adesanya's promos or, or whatever his interviews and all that. I think, I think he, he talks a lot, which is good. I think he has moments uh, of, of, of these strong lines, but I've never thought that he's been like a super charismatic uh, guy. Not as far as talking. I think he has a charismatic aura, but as far as like actual, you know, like in interviews and doing promo stuff, I, I don't think he's that great. I know I know uh, Ben Duffy from SureDog tweeted, uh, Israel Adesanya's trash talk might be the most overrated single skill in MMA. Obviously, some exaggeration there, but I did agree. I did agree with that tweet, though. Oh, I think Izzy's horrible. I think Izzy's horrible at trash talk. That's why I like this interview because it wasn't trash talk. This was just Izzy mm. going. Like, I'm just gonna, dude. I just do not like you. I am. I can't. I, I, I'm insulted. I'm just. I'm just. He was, I just saw that he was just insulted in his eyes. Like, I can't believe I have to. Like this is the way I have to make my living. I have to make a few million dollars by beating you up. Okay. You know, but, oh, I'm going to enjoy this though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Izzy's not Izzy's not a great trash talker, and I think he's yeah. just a goof. Yeah, he's just times. a goof. Yeah, he's just a goof. And but when yes. it's time to fight, good luck, oh. good lord, is you know. Yeah, like, he's the most like his. He's very confident when he talks, and when I hear him talk, I'm like, ah, it's not the. I don't understand what you're saying right now. But when he fights, he's just as confident, and it's like that's what sells him. He's one of those guys that I don't think he would need to talk, but whatever. Still I'll never, I'll never question. I'll never question his overall. Look, I, I'm on record just saying I still think his entrance uh, for the Robert Whitaker fight, the dance, I still think that's the oh. best entrance ever. I, I, I know, I, I, I know some sure, people think. Yeah. <laughs> I know some. Oh, for UFC, yeah. I know some people think dancing is. So, I'm a big dance guy. I love dancing. I know some people think it's corny. And it's corny when fighters do it. I thought that was like legitimately. That wasn't like fighter good. That wasn't like oh for uh, for a fighter no. that was a, that was a good dance. I'm like like, like I think objectively that was a really cool dance. Israel so Adesanya is a yeah, very good dancer. Like when Absolutely. he went to Nigeria, when he went to Nigeria and they had like the breakdance circle, and then I, they were like, oh Izzy, come on in, and I was like, oh this is gonna look bad because he's surrounded by a bunch of professional dancers, and not only did he do well, he like held his own. He was really, really good. 
Yeah. Also, I just I really love like regardless of the, whether he's like, but he's not a good trash talker. But and you, I feel like people have told him that, and he still does it, which I also appreciate because he's like, whatever, I don't care, I'm still gonna do it. All right, so not there's fake. there's not fake. I'll say. I think I'm I think I'm more on the AKA side of the promo, but I did find some things that I did enjoy. First of all, I love the fact that Marvin Vittori is like, I won that first fight. Like he's just bought in and he's just playing that role and he's surfing the wave. I love it love so it. much. And he should always do that. And even if he loses, if he loses a 50 to 43 decision, he needs to say he won that fight too. And just play that role over and over again forever and ever. You about like he, we're one and one. Yeah. We're one and one. <laughs> we're one, and one. Let's go. Like that's what he needs to do. It's just great. Uh, Mike, he should, too, I think for the press conference, he should come out with a belt you just buy a belt ufc.com and just walk out the belt like, like i clearly want it i'm retroactively the champion because i almost won a decision before you won the belt yeah that makes a lot of sense i actually have to do a retro <laughs> i actually have to do a retro robbery review this week of their first fight just because marvin never shuts up about it i, I, I was spoiling it by the way spoiler I, I i think everyone should read it because obviously my 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 reviews are friggin' amazing but uh spoiler uh, no, it wasn't. So sorry, sorry, sorry. Scroll to the bottom of the article. It wasn't. No. But I. But, but hey, hey, I haven't. I haven't watched the fight in a while. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll look back on it. I. I do not. I mean, from what I recall, it was not a robbery. But we'll see. But find out why. I think the one thing that really hurt this whole thing was that it was too long. It was just too long. Like if you want to go back and watch the whole interview, you can go watch it on YouTube. I felt like it was like seven minutes long. Like these things are just like one or two questions, like let them go back and forth and then get out, like get out, make them want more, make them go see the fight. I think the longer it went, the less like appealing it got. Uh, the third thing that really sticks out is the fact that, yeah, it's a fine fight. Izzy's back and all that. But we all know Robert Whitaker's like the guy that should be in this spot. We understand why he's not in the spot, but he should be in the spot. And then the last thing that that I thought about, and it made me crack up myself up in this room by myself. Marvin Vittori is like Nick Totoro in the movie The Longest Yard, like the remake. Like he just the looks on his faces, like his eyes open wide, and he just starts like randomly shadow boxing for no reason. <laughs> Like that's like he reminds me of Nick Totoro in, in in the Longest Yard. Like he's just so fun. He's such a character, and it's just great. It's 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 great in like all the wrong ways. I, I felt like this needed one of the. If it was better produced, it was. If it was like maybe because of COVID restrictions. I'm not sure why they did it that way, but this needed one of those those old school like HBO face off ones. It was just like Max Kellerman and at a table and both fighters on each other table, and it's just go. You know, and someone basically just couldn't control the conversation because that's not his job. He's just, I don't know, he just doesn't do that well. That It shouldn't be someone like Anik or someone who could control it better. But, um, you know, what I'm talking about those, remember those HBO kind of, yeah. yeah, like yeah. those are yeah, great, you know, and just that's just, very, that's kind of a, a boxing and BBC thing. Like BBC does that with boxing a lot now. And they did it with, um, I think it was Sky Sports did it with Till and Masvidal. Mm -hmm. That was the last time I saw it in MMA. Yeah. Remember Joe Rogan? I think it was DC and Jones. Like they it both, was. they also had like director's chairs, like something like that. You just have them in the middle. Like it got a little chaotic and Rogan like did his best to control it, but like something like that, where it's just like the tone is, and Michael Bisming's just, Michael Bisming's just going to like feed into it anyways. Like he's just going to feed right into that fire. That's because he loves it and he should, because that's who he is. But it's, it's, it's kind of tough throwing him in that spot. So I get it.
It does, but this, I mean, I'm excited for the fight, but if, it does feel like a a, a, mand- a mandatory in boxing. You know what I mean? When when guys just yeah. have to fight. Honestly, that's what this fight feels like—a mandatory because we obviously we know Whitaker is the guy. But um, yeah, but no, is he's got to do? What he's got to do. It's a good card, man. Yeah. And that's fine. The card, the card, really great. Great. The card yeah. is great. Yeah, the card. There's no. The, the only problem the is, is there's great. no air. There's no local fighters. It's the only problem. Really? They could. There's not uh, one. None, ish. Kind of. Even tra- I mean, trains in Arizona. Wow. Not really. Not last time I. I mean, Brett, Brandon Moreno has a lot of ties to Arizona. If you he, he talks all about it in our in our interview. Lauren Murphy has ties to Arizona. If you've ever been here, have like South Phoenix is basically Mexico. So yeah, has that going for Moreno's him. had a lot of fights. What do you say? Like six, seven fights in yeah. Arizona. Well, if, if you fought in an LFA, you've probably fought in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much Fair. Henry Cejudo are we going to get this week? You think? Oh, not, not enough. I, I learned that Henry. I learned Henry Cejudo lives like right down the street from me. Like he lives really close, and I've driven by his house a few times, and I've I've been like, that is a very gaudy truck. Oh, that is a ridiculous flag. And then I found out that Henry Cejudo lives there. I was like, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> All right. All right. I got to look at the rest of this card. So we got those two fights. We obviously have Nate Diaz, Leon Edwards, Paul Craig, yep. Jamal Hill, Damian Maya, Paul Muhammad. Carlos Philippe versus Jay Collier. You know that's going to be fun. That's going to be Jed Mishu's fight of the fight of the night. Uh, Ferezian versus Luigi Vendramini. Hakim Duado versus Mavzar Evloev. Oh, that's a great one. Oh, that's good. Injected that's, uh, into Lord, my body. <laughs> uh, Lauren Murphy, Joanne Calderwood. Huge fight yeah. at 125. Probably a number one contender fight. Uh, Matt Frivola, Frank Camacho. You know that's going to be fun. Drew Dober versus Brad Riddell. That's going to be fun. Hmm. Uh, Steven Peterson is back. He's fighting young Chase Hooper, who will be on what the heck this week. Uh, Eric Anders versus Darren Stewart, that rematch. Run it back. Yep, run it back. And then the AK Lee people's main event, Panny Kanzad versus Alexis Davis will kick us off. 135 pounds. The resurgence, Alexis Davis. Next week is going to be so freaking crazy. PFL, holy, Clarissa Shields is debuting. Anthony Pettis is coming back. Uh, Brandon Longney, Kayla Harrison. She, she's is that on next week's card? No, no, Kayla, no, I don't think Carissa so. Shelton no, that's, is, two weeks. Um, that's two weeks. So my apologies. Yeah, my apologies. An, another this uh, is Pettis. A, another this Pettis. But Pettis is yeah. fighting, and like the PFL card is pretty, pretty good. And then you got that Bellator card right after. No, no, Dougie Limes is fighting. Yeah. You know what's going to be even yeah. Wednesday? What's Wednesday? Like two me- two media days. You got a media oh, day. I got a media lovely. day. But listen, lovely. but listen, don't worry about it. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. You can live stream Jose's. I will I will tape mine and then I will send them over. So we don't have to worry about it. We're gonna have a different we're gonna have different interviews, the, all different conversations. The social the team. Rest of the, that, media the, the, the social team that will be clipping up all of these videos, send sends the social team just like a six pack of beer to get us through. <laughs> Dude, you got it. Let me we'll make it happen. before we I know we gotta sign off soon, but and I don't know if I'm gonna get a chance to say this. So I don't say this this is for you, PFL. This is time for you you guys the PFL. <laughs> Uh, get your get your scheduling right because this isn't right. Clay Collard beats Anthony Pettis, definitively beats Anthony Pettis, and then he's the first. And then Anthony Pettis is headlining this show, and Clay Collard is the first prelim. And the same thing with Caitlin Young. Caitlin, Caitlin Young picks up a really good win over Cindy Dandois. Now Cindy Dandois is headlining that show against uh, Kayla Harrison, the the seventeenth show I think against Kayla Harrison. 
And Caitlin Young is uh, opening up the prelims. So uh, I'm a little biased because I interviewed both fighters. Not that they're, they're great interviews. I really enjoyed it. I was really excited to see them win. Uh, and then to see them relegated to the for their victories, after their victories, to the first fight on the prelims of their respective... What? Come on, PF. I understand name value. I know Pettis is a bigger name than Clay Collard, but can we have some some talk? Could he not at least get on the main card? No. No. It's just, this, no. this is insane. It's not how life works. This is punishment Come on. for beating Anthony Pettis. Yeah. Is, is Bubba Jenkins that. on the main card? Yeah, he's uh, he man. is on the main card. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking at Tapology, but I don't know if that's a correct fight, fight battle. Right? I, right. I, I, as far as I know, but I, I think Clarissa Shields' fight goes into the Bubba Jenkins fight. Goes into – okay. Is Clarissa not the main event? No, Coleman. You sure? No, third fight, third fight. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't think she's the main. I spoke to her opponent, Brittany Elkin, uh, and she was under the impression that it was the main, but I did – I checked it in with the PFL, and I think they said – they couldn't confirm I think, that. So may, I think so maybe Pettis is the main event. I think Pettis is the main event. I think he's, the, he's the main event of this week's card, for sure. The 10th, yeah. I yeah. believe he is. And the then main I think event. Bubba yeah. Jenkins and Bobby Moffitt is the co-main, and I think Claire Shields is the third fight. Dude, Marcin Held and um, the Canadian Gangster on the PFL card. That fight rules. That's going to be a great yeah. fight. Lance yeah. Palmer. Look, I, look, I support the PFL. I, I call the PFL out of love. I'm, I'm like number one PFL advocate guy over here. I, I think the PFL is, is really good, and I, I think more people should watch it. And, uh, and, and, and look, where else can you go to know how fast someone is punching? Speed right. strikes. Every, every time I watch tonight, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, wow, gosh, was that was that punch 12 miles an hour? Was it 11 miles an hour? I wouldn't have to ask if I was watching the PFL. There'd be a graphic on screen telling me. So, uh, UFC, come on, let's get that some ground the panel was 11.6 miles an hour. Dang. What was the what was the PSI on that that choke? How, like, what was the PSI on it? Should he have tapped? Because I saw a guy in the PFL. There was a PSI of like 50, and he didn't tap. So, oh no, no, no don't play me off. But <laughs> I will say, PFL's broadcast team is phenomenal, yeah. really good. And Florian, Thor, uh, they, they spent uh, a copious amount of money on their uh, arena or cage or whatever. They have like a screen that goes like 360 degrees around the top. It's like a million dollars. Pretty insane. It's wild. And Sean O'Connell, I think, is the most underrated play-by-play guy in MMA, and he's a former fighter, which is even crazier. Oh, he had a radio yeah. show. In, he had a radio show in Utah for a long time. Um, so that's I think right. He, just, he got he got reps in. So like people assume he just jumped into it, but he got a lot of reps in before he hopped over to PFL. Yeah, and it shows. No doubt about it. Well, you know what that music means. It means it's time to go. We covered this event quite a bit, but don't worry. You think the weekend's over? The biggest winners, in my opinion, are Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul because they're getting all the attentions on them. Breaking will, Jarzy will, and got will performance. Will Floyd Mayweather walk away with his win bonus? Find out tomorrow on Showtime. Godspeed, everybody. For Casey, Jose, a.k.a. Mike Heck. Pleasant dreams. Pleasant dreams. Happy birthday, <laughs> AK. Love it. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. 
Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.